Hi, thanks for joining us for this message from Red Church in Melbourne, Australia. We pray that you are blessed by it. If you'd like to know more about Red Church and its ministries, or if you'd like to support us financially, you can find out more by heading to redchurch.org.au. Well, I'm Mark, if I haven't met you, and uh, I'm just going to be sharing from God's Word tonight and in praying into what I felt God wanted me to share tonight. A verse came to mind and a little statement. I want to share the verse first. It's not a statement, it's a, it's a descriptor. Uh, the verse is Isaiah 43, verse 19. And it says this. If we go there. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Now, the little descriptor I want to share with you, which as I've been praying into tonight and thinking about what is God up to when we start something new like this? There's a really big theological book uh, written by Gregory Beale, and he talks about how the theology of the Old Testament flows into the New Testament, and it's quite big, and I've been slowly reading it for about a year, and it sits on my desk. But there's just this one descriptor that jumped out at me when he talks about how God turns up in the Scriptures and moves. And the little descriptor he has is this. New creational startups. New creational startups. And there's something about that little descriptor, that little statement, that little name uh, that really captured my imagination. And as I've continued to pray into what I feel God wants to do and what it means to speak at the beginning of something new like this, uh, that term, that new creational startups, has captured my attention. Now, I just want to break those two terms up for us because he's really sort of put together two different terms, one very biblical, one very cultural. I'm going to start with a cultural one, startups. Startups are a hot commodity in business. Uh, many young entrepreneurs, there's an entire subculture from people starting companies to things that you see online about how to run a startup. And startup captures this idea of starting something new, particularly in the realm of business. There's a sense that it's throwing yourself into something, maxing out the credit cards, asking your friends for money because you've got this idea that you want to then build into a business. And so startups are really popular in our culture at the moment. I think part of the reason that actually pop in our culture at the moment, startups, is they're one of the few evidences of anything new. We live in a really weird time where we're stuck in what the English writer Simon Reynolds called the retrotopia. Instead of a utopia, we live in a culture which is constantly repeating, telling us the same stories, endless Transformer movies, endless Marvel movies. The other, another British writer, Mark Fisher, said that almost any music now, you could take an album from 1998 and release it now and people would think it sounds new. We're stuck in a kind of repeats. So there's actually an absence of the new. The modern world was actually all about, meant to be about the new. In the 1930s, 40s, 50s, and 60s, there was this constant sense that people had. There was even a term that Alvin Toffler had, future shock. People were almost getting sick because there were so many new things that were constantly coming across. There's a famous art book called Shock of the New. But at some point in the last 30 years, the new began to drain away and life began to just go into a continual repeat. So I think part of the reason that startups 
and startup culture is something that people look to in the culture, even people who are not in that realm of business, is that it captures one of the few containers of the new. I looked up what is one of the most popular selling books on startups, and it's actually a book called Zero to One by Peter Thiel. And he has this little line in that book, and it says this. It says, zero to one moments in business happen only once. And I realize that makes sense what we're doing tonight. This is the zero to one. You can only ever make that move. You can only ever go from there is no 6 p.m. service in Campbell that Red Church is doing to now there is. Next week will be the second one and third one and on and on. But I think there's something that appeals to us about these new moments. That something cuts through in our culture when we encounter the new. Maybe that's what's drawn you here tonight. I think this is because at the moment, because we're not just caught in a retrotopia or repeating of the same stories. When you're repeating the same stories, if there's nothing new, also perhaps it's telling us that there's little hope. I think there's a cultural fascination with startups and startup culture because people actually need new stories to be told because we actually are missing hope. The stories that we're telling about ourselves is that we face a world where the future is dark and cloudy. Multiple crises seem to hover on the horizon. The future does not look bright. And you just look at how our culture is playing out, the demographic decline that we have, the sense of foreboding that people have in the future of where we're heading. So that's why I think startups are something which has captured the cultural imagination. So that's the cultural word, startups. But I want to then bring in this word, new creation. New creation, or that Gregory Beals. He's put these two words together. Is that called a portmanteau? I'm looking at Liddy. A portmanteau. I think I was just checking out. Resident wordsmith. When you mash together two words. New creation. The term new creation comes to us from Scripture, but actually it only appears a couple of times in Scripture. Yet it's actually one of its main themes. And this is captured in a passage earlier in Isaiah, which doesn't say the words new new creation, but captures what it's about. In Isaiah 6, we read this. We're going to start at verse 11. Isaiah the prophet says, For how long, Lord? And he answered, this is God, until the cities lie ruined and without inhabitants, until the houses are left deserted and the fields ruined and ravaged, until the Lord has sent everyone far away and the land is utterly forsaken. And though a tenth remains in the land, a tenth of people, only one in ten is left, it will again be laid waste. But as the terebinth and oak, two types of trees, leave stumps when they're cut down, so the holy seed will be the stump in the land. Now, we get how central, I'm going to come back to this, we get how central creation is and how central is the story of God. Genesis reads, in the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. But this is a different kind of story. We don't encounter God creating something new per se. It's not completely taking the earth, which is formless, and making something out of it, dividing night and day and and creating the land and the sea and animals and humans and so on. Instead, we've got this image of this terebinth and this oak, which has been cut down. And this helps us understand why there is not just creation in this statement. There's new creation. Now, let's go back to Isaiah 6. That passage begins when Isaiah says, For how long, O Lord? And God answers, Until the cities lie ruined and with an inhabitant, and the houses are left deserted, and the fields ruined and ravaged. 
What is this an image of? This is an image of uncreation. This is actually like Genesis being played in reverse. Instead of like formless earth being then built and divided into land and sea and and animals and humans coming and building and cities and, and things moving forward, this is actually running in reverse. We go from cities and human culture and go backwards to the unformed earth. This is actually a picture of the anti-Eden. The scriptures begin with Eden and life comes out of it. This is actually earth moving from Eden back to the formless earth that we find in Genesis 1. This is why Isaiah cries out, For how long, O Lord, must we endure uncreation? This is the direction of hopelessness. And so Isaiah cries out, but I think actually our culture is crying out at the moment in anguish because we sense intrinsically how the world is dislocated. The creation is broken. And accompanying that, that cry of anguish is also a readiness for something, an openingness for hope. This is why Isaiah has this image of a stump, a tree once mighty and huge, an oak tree a terebinth, this mighty creation taking perhaps decades to grow has been cut down. This is an image of uncreation. Now, interestingly too, the trees, as so much scripture has little clues. And the two types of trees, not many people know this, but actually different periods in the Old Testament are represented by different trees. If you go back, there's periods where there's palms and, and terebinths and oaks have this symbolic meaning. They feature heavily in the stories of Abraham who set out from Ur at the beginning of this moment, where he's leaving behind what he knew, heading forward into the future. Where he's going, he did not know, but he was following God and this promise that out of him would become this nation. This is a zero to one moment. And so this is pointing back, saying, what has happened? This terebinth, this oak, which symbolized the great promise at the beginning of the story of the people of God, has been cut down. The early days of hope seemingly have been extinguished and Abraham left earth to found something new. In a sense, it goes back to the startup. The startup has grown into a company which has gone bankrupt. Now, interestingly, Peter Thiel says in zero to one, most of a company's values won't come at the beginning. So a a startup begins when it goes from zero to one, but the real value of a company actually comes maybe 10 to 15 years in the future. But when we look at this biblical analogy of this from the startup to where, from Abraham to where Isaiah finds himself now, it actually seems like this is a failing entity, a failing business. It's not producing value. Instead, it produces compromise. It produces injust, injustice, injustice. And now the dreams are simply stumps. And we feel this. We feel this about our world. We may feel this sometimes about the church. We may feel this about those whom we love. We may even feel it about ourselves. What was once promise, what was once the new, what was once zero to one, the heady early days where all possibilities seemed to be ahead of us, now seem to reduce to a stump, uncreation. Yet, the stump hides something. Biblical scholar Alec Moiter notes this. He says this, The image here is of a felled tree. All the former signs of vitality have gone, but the hidden vitality of the root remains. Now, anyone who's ever cut down a tree in your garden or anywhere 
and you've just chopped down a stump and you think you've killed the tree, you very likely may have encountered the reality that six months later, after annihilating that tree, what was a massive tree with chainsaws and maybe you did it and maybe you had axes or maybe a bunch of people came and just massacred that tree. That trees have this uncanny ability for life to shoot up again. And the stump left alone actually contains an incredible power. That roots beneath the surface unseen often working when the visible tree above the surface seems like it's completely gone. And this is where the new comes in. This isn't just creation. This is actually the journey of the scriptures. We see creation, but then we see these cutting off the stumps. Something has gone wrong. Uncreation has entered into the world. But this is where the new comes in. Another biblical scholar, Frank Tillman, says this, to call the world a creation assumes that it has a creator. And to refer to a new creation implies that something happened to the world that makes its renewal necessary. So creation is the tree. It's cut because of the fall. That sense that humans have brought chaos back into the world, uncreation back into the world. But the shoot is growing out of the stump. The shoot is new creation. What Isaiah also points towards is not just that there is always hope because the roots can grow up and that's just a natural thing in the world. It actually points beyond that. It actually points to the fact that new creation is also a person. Isaiah 11 verses 1 to 3 reads this. A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. So it's talking about a shoot and it's coming from a particular stump. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. This is now talking about a person. This is out of this line that Israel looked to for hope, this line that somehow their things would be made better when a good king would come, a king that comes out of this, this line of Jesse, this king like David, who they looked back as this once great king, that actually that tree is not cut down, that something's going to emerge from it. It continues. Verse 2, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord. He will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears. This is pointing to Jesus. Jesus is the shoot which grows out of the stump of what seems like broken dreams. Jesus is the one who reminds us that the story is not over. Jesus is the one who reminds us that uncreation does not win, that the world is not heading to an anti-Eden, but actually it's moving forward to a new Jerusalem. And so this gives us a correct framework with which to view the world. Yes, there are the felled trees out there. There's tremendous lack of hope in our culture. There are the shattered dreams, the letdowns. There may be even your shattered understanding of who you think you are. But with God, there can be new creation. This is why in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Paul speaking says this, from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Don't just look at the cut down trees. Don't just look at the felled tree and what seems like an unfertile stump. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us 
to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. The entirety of the modern world was based on continually birthing the new. And I think we're seeing its failure. And actually what this verse is saying is the new is not going to come from human power. It's actually saying the new is here. Where is the new? The new is in the work that comes out of the grave on the third day. It is from the shoot of Jesse. It is Jesus. So what this means now that Jesus has resurrected from the grave, that Jesus, as he preached, announced that this new kingdom was breaking out, that there is a new kingdom breaking out in our midst. So that means we don't look at things from a worldly point of view. We need to look at the world through different kinds of lenses where we're looking for new creational conditions everywhere. We don't look at stumps as ends in of themselves. We look for where the shoots are growing up. God is in the business of creating new creation. So we need to continually look out for new creational conditions. The person who others may have seemed to give up on actually may be someone who a shoot is going to come out of. Those places that other people write off. Perhaps a word that God has given you that seems to have fallen fallow. God is in the business of creating new creational conditions. We just need to look out for them. God is waiting to partner with us to do something new. And Jesus comes into every moment to bring new creation. So when we return back to the verse from Isaiah that we began with, Isaiah 43 verse 19, it says, See, I am doing a new thing. He was doing a new thing in Israel at this time, but he's doing a new thing here in Melbourne at, I don't know, seven or something on a Sunday night. It's springing up before us. Do we not perceive it? In a place like Melbourne, where sometimes it can feel like a wilderness, a spiritual wasteland, he's actually saying there is springs, sprigs coming up from the stump. There is water to be found in the wasteland. And I think one of the primary messages that God wants to actually communicate to us tonight is that you may feel like so many of the things that you looked forward to have been cut down. But actually, God has springs. And that's true for his church. This is a great way to understand what we're doing here today. That actually, so much of the story that we tell about the church in our time and in a place is one of retreat. But actually, this is actually a time of springing up. The early church clearly understood themselves as the followers of Jesus and the beginning of God's new creation in the world. We are at the moment of new creation on the cusp of something new. We are moving from zero to one, and God is walking with us. Let's stand. Jesus, we thank you that you're in the business of new. We thank you, Father, that we can come to a space like this and partner with you. This is simply a room in a community center on a Sunday night, at a new time slot. But this is a new creational condition. The walls are not the new creational condition. Your people are the new creational condition. And when we gather around you, King of Kings, who sprung out of the roots of Jesse, we say yes to new creation in a time of hopelessness. God, we want to say that corporately, but we want to say that individually. And God, I just want to just pray and ask in Jesus' name that you will grow what is happening here 
But you won't just grow in terms of some numerical thing purely, but actually, Father, you will grow the transformation, new creation in people's lives. I just want to pray, Father, that new creation can break out in our lives, that it will touch the community beyond us as well. Father, I just pray that you come in and you start to grow new things out of what seems like stumps. So, Father, we want to say yes to new creation. So just as we pray now, move into a time of worship, we pray for your Holy Spirit to come and bring new creation in your name. Let's worship.